So for this afternoon, we'll be practicing with uh, compassion. We'll be introducing that practice. So I'll talk about it for a little while, and then we'll, we'll do a practice, and then you can begin to bring that into the other practices that you have been working with. hard part of organizing some of these sessions is trying to figure out wh- where f- where things fit and what fits where and I'm not so sure it matters actually it's all Dharma practice is not very linear so um, I feel after talking <coughs> to some of you this morning and the um, some of the feedback from the talk last night that uh, compassion is uh, really uh, not uh, not only is it very important but we might as well get into it early on and carry it with us uh, through the remainder of the retreat. So I'll talk a little bit about compassion. I mentioned it last night, more from a practice perspective. So what is it? Um, I think it's one of the most advanced skills that we can have. Um, I think it's also, I think the Buddha also was saying that this is the best we can do as human beings, when it comes to pain and discomfort and loss and suffering and all of these aspects of life, that really the best we can do is is to care about that. My, My first teacher refers to these heart practices as beautiful spiritual emotions and that they're the most advanced emotionals that we have in our system and that we want to be able to Acknowledge that again, acknowledge that possibility. We want to begin to learn how to access that possibility, to feel into that, to to see if we can find evidence that it might be true. And then we cultivate that, we practice that, we bring that into, into our thinking, into our cognitive, into our view, into our intention, into our speech, and we, we try to, to draw that out. So we, we call it to mind. We consider it, then we put it into intention, and then we see if we can um, begin to act from that place. So it's not just one thing that you switch on. There's just a series. I think there's a series of stages that we need to go, that we need to acknowledge, and so we'll get a chance to do that systematically this afternoon. So hopefully, you'll understand that there are, are some pragmatic ways to access compassion or to begin to cultivate that quality and to call that to mind. that It's, it's there. It's just a matter of um, finding it and locating it and bringing it into, into the awareness, into the, into the heart, into the mind. And of course, having to remove all of the obstacles that are blocking it, which is probably the more difficult side of the coin is trying to acknowledge and recognize all of the things that are blocking it, what's blocking the compassion, the fear, the anger, all the strategies. So I think in, in terms of definition, um, compassion is the ability to, to care deeply for that which hurts. How do we care deeply for that which hurts? 
and having to get out of the way, getting the fear and the anger and the resistance out of the way. And as a liberation process, uh, the liberation of compassion begins the moment when we fully accept ourselves. All of it. We fully accept ourselves as we are, what's happening, and really inviting into our experience. As we call compassion to mind, we often want to call to mind the aspects of ourselves where we've not been so compassionate. The parts of ourselves that we don't want to be true, we don't want to feel, we don't want to recognize. And so, if we can get those to co-arise, then you're well on your way. And so, if we're going to fully accept ourselves, this, of course, must include uh, ways we've been hurt or wounded, uh, old pain, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it. And then, the practice begins, so if we can kind of follow me to this point, uh, liberation begins the moment we accept all these things about ourselves. Uh, and the harder part, perhaps, is the practice will begin the moment we stop uh, negotiating with what is. Right? And I think that that's the big strategy. Is I find myself oftentimes in an internal negotiation with what I completely know is true. But I kind of want to plead some case that it might be otherwise. And that it would be better if only. And this, these, these negotiation processes can go on from, for a long time. And so we have to put aside our strategies to numb, to avoid, to distract, to medicate which we see these play out in our lives, that that's usually what we do when we begin to access some of this hurt or some of this pain. Is I want to numb myself from that. I want to medicate that. Uh, I want to avoid that. And distract myself from that, which is really quite easy to do in our world nowadays. It's so easy to distract and to turn towards something more pleasant. So you could say it's an attitude of practice. It's, a, it's an attitude of practice that is um, cultivating or trying to call to mind a sense of, of, of caring, or concern, uh, kindness. And a, a, as we call that to mind, it also hopefully gives us the strength to start to turn towards some of those experiences and some of those aspects of ourselves that we have been avoiding. And so these these how do we how can we um, motivate or how can we encourage or inspire our system to do this kind of co-arising that okay i'm 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 going to go towards the pain or the hurt the challenge uh, and at the same time i'm also going to try to bring something to the table um, and that i would say to some degree uh, it's very counterintuitive for us to do that. that. That's 
not our go-to. That's not a go-to strategy. I, I rarely find myself doing that one just on a snip. It's not. Uh, I haven't have a lot. Of, I haven't been habituated towards that. I think probably for some pretty obvious reasons. And so again, we can look at compassion as an action. I believe that there's an action component to it. Uh, there's an attitude, uh, compassion attitude towards, right? And it, what it does is it allows us to overcome the fear of that pain, as I spoke of last night. I'm willing to overcome the fear of that and, and feeling into the discomfort, the vulnerability or whatever it is that makes that so hard. Because something makes that hard. Something makes that harder than it needs to be. And that's usually the, the negotiator shows up and says, wait a minute, what are we doing here again? You're going to go turn towards all this stuff I've been trying to protect you from? It's like, yeah. So we, we find that a lot of the, the psychological hindrances are uh, in a type of form of a negotiation. And so if we begin by revisiting these three stages I spoke of, is that we just begin by considering in our view, do we have this wise view? And, uh, and even as you sit here to just consider, before we even begin, we do have to consider, is compassion something that is important to me? Do I recognize, uh, can I acknowledge some of the suffering I've experienced or some of the negative side effects that I've uh, experienced as a result of my lack of compassion? And how many parts of myself do I kind of keep tucked away in some vain attempts to avoid those? And, and it took me a long time to get to what I just said. For years, I was like, yeah, compassion, no thanks. I'm, I'm good. Pretty good with no compassion. Let's just do the mindfulness thing. Let's go with the wisdom trail. And, you know, we can, I got very compartmentalized in my experience where much of my memories, much of my uh, pains and hurts that I hadn't really gotten that much of a chance to talk to anybody about at one point in my life, I sort of had neatly locked away deep down inside my experience with the attitude of like, yeah, we just like don't go down there. You know, I just conveniently locked away in some room in the basement where it's just like two-by-fours upon two-by-fours <laughs> nailed across the door. And it's like, you know, we'll just call it what it is. It's just a wash. We just don't go there. We don't talk about it. We don't think about it. We pretend like it didn't happen. And so, yeah, if, 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 if I need to bring compassion to those parts of myself, let's just skip the whole compassion thing and just leave those things where they are. And, you know... Can't we just let sleeping dogs lie? You know. But what I found over the years is that the irony of that, if you've been familiar with that, I, mean, this is, I don't think this is unique to me. I find many people like to engage in this kind of strategy. Is that I actually locked myself in with all that stuff. <laughs> I wasn't upstairs in the kitchen. <laughs> you know, I thought I was. I actually wasn't upstairs in the kitchen. I was down in the basement in with all of those those experiences. And again, you know, we don't get these clean slate moments. 
You know, mindfulness is oftentimes in, in the modern world of mental health. Is oftentimes you know we just come in, we come into the present moment, and it's like you know, Bambi walking through a field. It's like you know, it's like it, it's become so privileged. It's like this special private little moment in the present moment where everything's just great and perfect and it's like no way I don't think that's how it is and if we're trying to get there um, I think you're going to be drastically disappointed because everything that we turn towards everything that arises as we sit here has all been conditioned by causes and conditions and uh, strategies and programs and there's no clean slate moment so when, when we turn towards those things where we actually going we, we, we you know me and Cheryl teach with against the stream is that's a movement that we're doing we're saying I'm actually going to start pulling the nails out of those two by fours right. see what's in there because as much as we'd like to pretend that it's not true these experiences, these aspects of our experience, they show up in all kinds of strange and odd ways, don't they? So we just, you know, have to start there. So for, it took me a long time to get to a place where I was like, okay, compassion, I will actually give it a shot. I will, I will try. Reluctantly, but I will try. So, I, you know, if you are here with me in this idea, that's 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 a long journey to just get to that stage one. I think uh, that it takes a while to get to that place, and so this begins with this: we consider that we value compassion, and we become willing to recognize and to acknowledge that there's been some hurt. And when we do that, we use this simple phrase that I use called "I see you." I see you. I recognize and I acknowledge that there has been some hurt. And I see it. Recognize it. Remember it. And that's where mindfulness plays its a good role is that it has association with memory, but not as in memories, but the ability to remember, but really the ability to recognize, which is the ability to recognize something. And so we actually go into the vault and we remember and we recognize and we say, I see you now. I'm willing to see you now. It's time. So we just use that simple phrase of, I see you. <coughs> this view, taking what I just said into, uh, into activity, into mental activity, into cultivation, into bhavana, is bringing it into the intention. My intention is to be compassionate. My intention is to turn towards that. And my intention is to meet that, to hold that with compassion and it might not be something that you can do right now it might feel challenging and so we might have to just backdrop into I see you but even the willingness to I see you is an act of compassion itself and so that intention of I am going towards that experience 
willingly, the willingness to go towards that, and the willingness to bring some care and some attention. And so that the, the phrase is, I feel you. I see you. Isn't enough? You can't just stop there. I see you. Go back to my phone or my food or my distraction. Is that we begin to get into the second stage of we um, we start to work with the fruition experience of of accessing the emotion. So I, I see you and I feel you. I see you and I feel you. I see you and I feel you. I'm allowing this to arise. I'm going to allow this to arise, and I'm going to put aside the strategies that I have in place that have been be keeping that experience from arising. One of my least favorite meditation instructions, which you'll rarely hear me say, is they used to tell me this for years, they say, just let go. Let go. Let go of the anger day. And I'd be like, yeah, I'd let go and nothing happened. I've let go a thousand times and like nothing changed. So I'm going to let go of letting go for now. And thank you very much for your instructions today. So mad. I get so mad. But I think actually the more, for me, the more useful way to look at that is not that so much that I need to let go, is that I need to let in. I need to let something arise that has never arisen before because I've been, you know, I've been the bouncer at the door just standing there for my whole life being like, you're not getting in. Like, I'm hypervigilantly watching you. And you are not coming into my experience. Right? And then after a while, you have all these really shady characters hanging out out front. You know, and eventually either you let them in or they get in. And so we stop negotiating. We stop fighting. We stop being like the little Dutch boy with his finger in the dam. You know, the water's coming over that wall eventually. Right? So it's, it's a very simple of I see this. I feel this. And so that view gains momentum into that intention, which are the first two factors of the Eightfold Path, which gain momentum into right speech. So we could say that right speech, I believe, begins in the way that I talk to myself in my own head. Isn't that what thinking is? Thinking is just me talking to me in my head, which I do so much of. And much of it not so compassionate, not so kind, not so appreciative, not so useful, much of it. And so if I'm going to, as we'll talk towards the end, if we're going to to try to bring compassion into the external world through the communication that we have with other people, we have to have some sort of internal communication we have to be fluent in that language. And so much of what we're learning here is this internal language and this internal Dharma system. If I don't understand something internally, there's no way I'm going to express it externally. And so we just offer the phrase of, I care about you. And that's when we stop. I see you. I feel you. 
I care about you. And then we sort of lean back and then watch what arises out of that experience, what arises as a result of that. Cheryl mentioned it yesterday, and this is sort of the, makes it so hard, is often what arises out of that is the opposite. I see you, I feel you, I care about you. So I actually don't care about that. I'm actually scared of this, and I'm angry about this. And So a lot of times, because we're so trying to protect that part of ourselves, uh, the negotiator shows up to the table and is like, what kind of deal are you making now? Like, this is crazy. I had a whole system in place to make sure you didn't have to feel this stuff. So we, we, we have to try to keep our attention away from that. And just let the phrases, say the phrases, and then just stop. And even you go back into access the mindfulness skills. Say the phrases. Hear, breathe, relax the body. Oftentimes you might recognize that the phrases will actually create tension in the body because we aren't used to that language. We're not used to speaking that language internally to ourselves. So we can use the mindfulness practices, the body awareness practices, the sound of the breeze, the sound of the birds, to allow those also to arise in the space. And then we just kind of go through the phrases again. And so this is a... Um, I also had a long time being very suspicious and very reluctant towards these phrases because I just kind of thought like, okay, now is the time of the day where they're going to make us sit here and say like nice things to ourselves. <laughs> and it felt like an affirmation or it felt like a... Like, okay, here comes the Hallmark cards, and like it's just going to get weird in here now. Right? So it's taken me a long time to drop that suspicion and that attitude and that fear. Mostly I was so scared to see if I did this to be so scared to see what was going to arise. But actually looking at it more from the view that I'm coming at it with, is that it's just replacing thinking with different types of thinking, it's just learning a, a, a language that we're maybe not used to. And it, 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 it's, an, it's an activity. Thinking in, in Buddhism is, an, is a behavior. So saying a word, saying a phrase, is a, is a behavior and an activity. And it's inclining your psychological experience in a particular direction. And that's very real if you think about it. If somebody says something very hurtful to you, don't you get upset? So to think that words don't have power over our experiences is insane. Somebody says something very nice to you, you, you know, someone gives you, oh, some people get compliments and actually can't take those either, but that's a whole other thing. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. But language, words, concepts, and ideas do carry with them some potency. So why not use that to our advantage? If we're using it to our detriment, which I can give you many examples of that, I'm sure you can too, if thinking about myself in a particular way leads to a distressing emotional experience, then perhaps the other side of the coin is also true. That thinking and directing my thoughts and my concepts and ideas in a particular way could also lead to something like compassion. 
Does that make sense to everybody? Are you guys with me? I think this is important because I feel um, I feel uh, over the years a lot more comfortable teaching awareness practices, but I think that these types of practices are bringing people into a more intimate, more challenging parts of their experience. So I, my intention, of course, is, is to do this with, 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 with care. Uh, and so that way um, that you're getting a really, really good trail of breadcrumbs as to why this might actually not be such a bad idea. So when we do the practice, which we'll do here in just a few minutes, um, one of the also strategies that I have found to be helpful is we're going to just basically work with two people. And so what we'll do is we'll begin the meditation by calling to mind somebody that you know. It could be a friend, a family member, a coworker, Somebody you know that's easy to care about. Somebody you know that's important to you. That's easy for you to care about that person. And maybe somebody who you know that you care about who's currently maybe having some hard times, having some struggles in their lives. And so we will, we will cultivate and aim and direct compassion towards that person in our practice. And so we'll start with a little bit of an external practice, which I... Compassion, most, mostly I've found and most people have report that it's easier to care about somebody else's pain than it is to care about our own. Um, so we'll start there because I think it's just an easier way to access or to call these qualities to mind. And so we'll do that for some time and then we'll, we'll switch and we'll bring the um, compassion and the intention towards ourselves and I'll, I'll guide you through it and we'll offer these phrases and, and leave plenty of, plenty of space. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's about seeing and recognizing and knowing. It's about accessing, feeling, emotion, allowing that experience to actually arise and not kind of clocking it from the sideline. Of like, I see you, like, stay over there but really inviting that experience in and then just working with that. So if you want to, just for a moment, you can, you can stand if you feel like you just want to stretch a little bit before we get into the practice. just slowly, patiently allowing yourself to come into a compassionate sitting posture. So just taking a few moments to 
bring awareness into your body. Bring awareness to your breathing. Opening your awareness to include and to receive all of the sounds that are arising. And just beginning this practice of letting in, just letting in whatever is here to be received. And we'll start and end with the bell. So once the body feels present, expansive, through the mind, through sound, you can focus your attention anywhere you like, but my encouragement, if you feel like it can be helpful, I have found it to be very helpful, is to allow your awareness to simply rest at the heart center. Some people find it also helpful to just place their hand there if you wish. And so just feeling into your heart. Breathing into the heart. Out of the heart. Releasing any tension or tightness in the body. And just practicing mindfulness of breathing at the heart center. Letting everything else be in the background. And even before we begin, just saying internally to yourself this word, compassion. Compassion. Just letting that word arrive in the body however it likes to arrive in the body. Compassion. And if you feel any tightness arise at the throat or the chest, just breathe in and breathe out and do some mindfulness of breathing and just let yourself Come back into presence. And then searching your mind bringing to mind somebody in your life that you care about, 
a friend, family member, anybody that you know and that you care about, somebody who it's very easy for you to care about. Including somebody who might be having some hardship right now. Somebody you care about who's struggling a bit. And just letting their image arise in your awareness. holding their image with some care and attention. And then just repeating these phrases in their direction. I see you. I feel you. And I care about you. I see you. I feel you and I care about you. I see you. I feel you. I care about you. Cultivating that right here, right now, breathing in and out of your heart center. There's moments that are challenging, a little bit of overwhelm. Just let your mind settle into the soundscape. The birds, the breeze. And allowing the breath to rise and fall in a natural way. back to mind. I see you. I see your pain. I feel you. I feel your pain. 
I care about you. I care about your pain. <coughs> I'm just practicing cultivating compassion towards this person here in real time. And finding a rhythm for the phrases that works well for you so that you can stay focused on the intention of compassion. I see you. I feel you. And I care about you. I see you. I feel you. And I care about you. I care about your pain. Remembering that it's totally appropriate at any time to just return back to the body and the breath. Mindfulness of breathing. Hearing out into all of the different sounds. Seeing if you can maintain presence and compassion at the same time. I'm aware and I care. I'm aware and I care.
And then allowing this person's image to fall away, breathing it out. And then scanning through your body to see if you're holding tightness or tension anywhere. Soften the belly. Let the attention and awareness continue to gather at the heart center. Letting go of any tension or tightness in your throat. Just returning to a simple mindfulness, foundation mindfulness practice. Sitting, breathing, hearing. Stabilizing your attention at the heart center of the in and out breath. And again, letting this word compassion land in the heart center, recognizing any change that might have occurred. Compassion. Compassion. Now as if you're making a U-turn, completely turning towards yourself face-to-face with your own experience, your life, your memories. Turning towards all of the conditions that have landed you in this room today. Remembering that liberation begins the moment we fully accept ourselves, all of it. As you breathe in and out and entering the body, allowing anything to arise that has been pushed away, negotiated against. Just beginning to shine a light in all of the dark corners. Just breathing in and out and saying, I see you. I see that you have not had such an easy time. I see that you have had challenges. See your loss.
to seeing and recognizing that which hurts allowing it to arise in the body, in the breath, the heart, the mind. And cultivating compassion towards yourself by allowing these phrases to be said, to be felt. I see you. I feel you. I care about you. I see you. I feel you. I care about you. I see you. I feel you. I care about you. Repeating those phrases in a steady, consistent rhythm and just watching what arises. Breathing in and breathing out, cultivating self-compassion. If you find it helpful, you can switch the pronoun. I see myself. I feel myself. I care about myself. I see myself. All of it. I feel myself, all of it. I care about myself. I care about all of the pain. I care about you. I care about me. I care about myself.
care about you. I care about me. I care about myself. for the last five minutes of the practice using any of these strategies or tools that have been helpful in practicing on your own. Breathing in and out, cultivating compassion towards yourself here in real time, one moment at a time.
Breathing into the whole body, receiving this moment just as it is. Breathing out, letting go of any tension or tightness that has accumulated. Letting the awareness move from the heart center to the rest of the body. Mindfulness of breathing. Sending awareness out through the soundscape. Making contact with the breeze and the birds outside of the building. Resting in awareness. Just a third time. Just saying the word compassion and seeing what arises now. What has changed. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.